0: Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli podcast.
1: Yes, it is. And uh, tomorrow, the day which will live in infamy. Uh, We're going to hear so much about January 6th, it's painful, when 99.99% of Trump supporters did not storm the Capitol building. Good afternoon, welcome to the podcast. The hack attorney general, Merrick Garland, just wrapped up a long political speech. The same guy that was targeting parents who spoke at school board meetings, who's trying to extradite Julian Assange to prosecute him. Yeah, such a defender of civil liberties. Give me a break. How's your day going? Hope it's going well. Good news. fifty COVID hospitalizations are down 50% from where they were in 2021. 50%. percent not that great? Yeah, I think so. I think it's really, really good. And um, everybody's really happy about the fact that only about 35% of those cases are uh, even serious. So of the 50%, and then it's 35% of those of that half of where it was in 20... Yeah, I'm no math guy, but you know what I mean. That's good news. Also, Michael Keaton revealed why he decided he was not going to return for a third Batman movie. He says, I just couldn't do it. Because the director, Joel Schumacher, who was about to then ruin the Batman franchise until uh, the good Christopher Nolan movies could come out in the mid-2000s. But what's interesting, though, is that Michael Keaton, he's 70 years old, he's going to be reprising his role as Batman in the new Flash movie coming out. So that'll be exciting to look forward to. Anyway, just trying to give some news. It's not COVID. Because you know what they're warning about now? Fluorona. Fluorona, which was my um, Britney Spears cover band in. I don't know what Britney Spears, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> anyway, Fluorona. We are Fluorona. Fluorona is a combo of the flu and Rona, coronavirus, at the same time. You get it at the same time, and they call it Fluorona. Now there's no real evidence that FluRona is any uh, more worse than having one or the other, but you could have both at the same time. The first case of FluRona in the United States of America. So one more thing to scare people as they talk about FluRona. I think FluRona would probably more. It'd be cooler to be like my Def Leopard cover band. Anyway, I did not have a Britney Spears cover band in college. Just for the record. In case you're wondering, now I feel like I need to just put that on the record. Uh, let's understand a couple things here. First of all, I, I I'm not going to defend any of the events on January 6. There's no reason to defend any of the events on January 6. None whatsoever. Uh, what I do find interesting is a couple things. Number one, if it was an insurrection, why has no one been charged with the crime of insurrection, which is a very very serious offense? And I and I don't I don't understand why that would not be something that is discussed. If, you know what I mean? Like insurrection is a real serious thing. These guys were, this was not an insurrection. I mean, this was a riot, no doubt about that. And a lot of destruction of property, but an insurrection in San Francisco America would then, would then go with uh, criminal charges of the highest degree, yet none of that has happened yet. But ultimately their goal is to, is to prosecute former President Trump. That is that is their ultimate goal here. And, then, and Merrick Garland was alluding to that today. Uh, that that's that was something that is really I could tell that from Merrick Garland's speech today. That that's the ultimate goal here, and the left won't be satisfied until that occurs. And I just think it would be such a horrible precedent. We heard about this when we don't prosecute our political enemies. Remember that we don't go after our political enemies when Trump talked about lock her up with Hillary Clinton. It, it just be it begins a precedent that has absolutely. Ah, uh, incredible political political ramifications that just could not I mean, we you can't undo that. You know what I mean? If you start locking up former presidents or prosecuting former presidents, you you just can't. You just. But tomorrow Biden's going to go after Trump. Jen Saki snarks was basically alluding to that at the White House press conference today when she said that she will be absolutely mentioning. Biden will, by name, reading from a teleprompter mentioning by name all the terrible things that Donald Trump did. Uh, but, but this is what Merrick Garland was hinting at today. And you get the drift of what he what he's suggesting and what he's what he's alluding to. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6th perpetrators at
2: any level accountable under law whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy.
1: So, again, this is, this is because they're going to say Trump's words led to the, these people that premeditated this uh, riot at the Capitol, words pre, pre, actions that were premeditated several days in advance, but were then spontaneously spurred on by the president's speech that day. See, this is what doesn't make any sense here. I, for example, I have a story for you. Capital, this is from CBS News. Capital police intelligence official says she sounded the alarm about potential violence days before the January 6th riot. Okay, her name is Julie Farnham. And this is this is what was said here a little bit. His name, is it his or hers? I'm trying to understand that. She, yeah, she and her team, they say that they don't bear any responsibility for the insurrection as this, I'm reading from CBS News, pointing to an intelligence report that she gave to the Capitol Police leadership on January 3rd. Quote, I think we provided information. I think we did an excellent job. We knew there were going to be thousands of protesters and we knew there were going to be extremists there. And I knew things were going to, were not going to be good that day. Bottom line, her intelligence brief said protesters plan to be armed. Now, see, this is the thing. It's been a year after these investigations. There has not been, in this year, any evidence that anyone in the White House coordinated with the Proud Boys or any of these other violent extremist groups ahead of time. And what we have heard is that the president's words that day, that led to an an insurrection, that that, those words then inspired them to do this. There's a couple of problems with this. Number one, if that's the case then, then you're going to start criminalizing political speech. And we got a real problem with that because political rhetoric in this country is used for some really hot words. And we hear things all the time, whether it's take back our country or throw the bums out. We hear words all the time that are incredibly, incredibly politically, uh, they're meant to be. They're the words that are meant to be fiery. We don't critic, we don't, we don't politicize criminal speech in this country, unless if you're Merrick Garland, because that's what the attorney general tried to do. Remember with that letter that was sent out to scare people, to, to, to shut up at school board meetings, shut up about your comments on social media. And of course, trying to extradite and then prosecute Julian Assange, who's absolutely then criminalizing speech, and not just speech, but also journalistic speech too. But it, it can't be one. It can't be both. It can't be both. So either these extremist groups were plotting days in advance, or people were just spontaneously decided then to then go and then cause violence at the Capitol building based on what Trump said that morning. Can't be both. It's one or the other. And I think I think the real problem here is that a year later, there has not been any proof that anyone coordinated, it's a problem for them, coordinated with these violent extremist groups. I I, I mean, that's their phrasing of them, violent extremist groups. That's what they're saying. The groups that had planned ahead of time to commit crimes that day. So these were premeditated acts on January 6th. And yet the words of a president in political speech, even though he said, we'll march down there peacefully, that that then caused this spontaneous reaction of things, including people having radios and whatever other weapons they had on them that day. See what I mean about, about this this whole idea? This is why whenever anybody talks about inciting a crowd, inciting a crowd, you got to be real careful with that because it's a very gray line here, inciting a crowd. And especially when you give them the warning of saying, we will march down there at peacefully and we'll let them... Hear us. Now, Peter Navarro has been talking about what their plan was that day, which was a peaceful plan to have the House of Representatives send the certification back to the states. And then which case then it would then be kicked to the House of Representatives to decide. Now, nothing about that is is unconstitutional it's within the confines of what is a constitutional process that that is not the same thing as people going in and smashing windows and destroying property and and then trying of course to get the vice president or do any of the other things they're they're separate events you know there's a there's a political issue of elected members of congress in the house and the senate who aren't happy with the results and then trying to do something about it within the prescription allowed by the law and the constitution, which is to then go back and send it to the state legislatures. And if they can't do anything, then then have the house of representatives decide, but that's not the same thing as people storming the building and committing violence and destruction. See what I said on January 7th is true. I said that, that these individuals have caused a lot of problems for conservatives going forward, because now we have to hear about this every year, like it's Pearl Harbor and we will. Barrett Garland today, the first anniversary of January 6th, meaning that we're going to have to hear about this every year like it's, like it's 9-11 or, or like it's, it's Pearl Harbor because they want it to be like that. The, the, the Democrats will never let that go. A couple hundred people, and of those couple hundred people, 600 people, whatever, of those, of those a couple dozen people, most of the people there that they walked through the building and took selfies and didn't do any actual damage. So they, they, they trespassed in a public building Go figure the people's house, but the ones that committed violence and committed actual destruction, they're, they're being prosecuted. Some, some questions remain about their civil liberties as they are in fact, innocent until proven guilty. Although a concept we've seemed to forgotten in this country, but every year now we have to revisit this day that 0.08% of Trump voters did something on January 6th. You realize that it's 0.08%. I did the math. I'm very proud of myself. That's everybody who went into the building of that 0.08% of Trump voters. Not even 1%. (laughs) Not even close to 1%. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not, it's 0.08%. So it's not even 0.1% yet. We're not even at 0.1%. I think it's how that works, right? I don't know. I'm no math guy. I'm sure somebody will send me a correction at some point for anything that I say that seems to be Wrong, But my point is very simple. If the Capitol police intelligence official warned ahead of time to the leadership that this was something was coming, why didn't they do anything about it? Congressman Tim Ryan, who chairs the House committee that oversees the Capitol police, blamed the agency's leadership, quote, they had the intelligence, the intelligence was right, but the leadership, I think, failed the rank and file members and they failed Congress. But what the Capitol Police are saying is they're saying, no, look, we we said this was going to happen. We gave you warnings. We told the leadership. Whose leadership? That's the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi, and it's Chuck Schumer. The Democrat leadership. We told, I mean, the House in particular. It's, we told Pelosi's office, we told the Speaker of the House of Representatives that this was going to, something bad was going to happen. Her team's overall analysis raised concerns about permits given to groups affiliated with Stop the steal, known to attract white supremacists and militia members who actively promote violence. Protesters plan to be armed. So, the mayor of D.C. turned down the request for the National Guard that day, saying it was not necessary. The, the leadership in the House of Representatives turned down and ignored the Capitol Police warnings. It's almost like they knew something was going to happen and they let it. It's almost like they, they, they knew that there was something that was going to go wrong that day and they let it happen. And maybe they let it happen because they knew that that it would be bad and then maybe they had no idea how bad it would be but they they would want it to happen for the purposes of using it for political purposes and that's what they're doing. They are using it and again I'm not saying that that's what they did I'm questioning it. I'm wondering. I'm I'm asking the question because why would they ignore all these warnings? Why why would the leadership of the house, why would the mayor's office in DC, why would these warnings be ignored? But what we see now play out, regardless of that, is we see what's being played out now, which is an absolute attempt to use January 6th to advance Democrat political voting agendas and also Democrat agendas to get rid of things like the filibuster, for example. And it's shameful that they're doing it that way. It really is. It's it's shameful. But they never let a crisis go to waste. So in this case now, what they're going to do is they're going to push these Voting Rights Act. Merrick Garland today in his speech started going off about how what we learned on January 6th is that every... Single vote needs to be counted. Well, of course every vote needs to be counted. Who's suggesting otherwise? What he really means by that is every single vote needs to be counted, whether it's a legal vote or not. Because anybody who's opposed to voter ID or anybody that wants to rein in mail-in balloting, the only the only reason you could be opposed to those things, honestly, in this day and age, is if you just want there to be opportunities to cheat. That's it. You want opportunities to cheat. Period. You can't tell me that the same party that advocates vaccine passports for you to be able to go into Dunkin' Donuts thinks it is unconstitutional for somebody to have to show ID to walk into a voting booth. When, by the way, you have to show a, a vaccine card in many places now to use public buildings, to go into public buildings. So don't give me this whole idea of, well, voting is a constitutional right. Yes, yeah, so is going into public buildings. So, so is partaking in things without discrimination based on your health status. And yet we hear this constantly back from them in terms of what they want to accomplish and what they want to accomplish is scary. It really is. They want to basically tie the hands of states who are looking in any way, shape or form to make sure their elections are safe, to make sure that their elections have integrity. And it's a damn shame. This is a lie. CNN pushing a report that claims 19 states have passed more than 30 laws that make it harder for you to cast well, this a week, ballot. 146 mayors, and we should note, both Democrats and Republicans, sent a letter to the Senate urging swift action on voting rights legislation. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, 19 states have passed more than 30
0: laws that make it harder for you to cast a ballot. How? This all happened How? just in the last year. One of the mayors who signed that letter is my next guest, Elizabeth...
1: How does, it, how does it make it harder for you to cast a ballot? Has anyone dare to explain this? Has anyone dared to break down the logic of this? I am not aware of one state in the whole country that has passed a law that has reduced ballot access relative to any pre-2020 election when there are emergency measures due to a pandemic, not one. This alleged crisis of voter suppression is completely invented. That was tweeted out by um, uh, A.G. Hamilton 29 on Twitter. And it was retweeted by several people, including Guy Benson, Fox News and some others. So ask the question to yourself of what What exactly are they talking about that has made it harder for any single American to cast a ballot in this country? I, I understand they were whining about people not getting water when they're in line. I got news for you. There are long lines for COVID tests and nobody's going out there and handing out bottles of water to people. But beyond that, how's it harder for anyone to cast a ballot in this country? How? Give, give me one example of this. You cannot because there isn't not one. I do know though, since COVID. They've made it easier for people to cast ballots through mail, and uh, they can even have situations where the postmarks don't have to be legible, and the ballot can come days uh, after the, the 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 deadline. I know that that much I know, but I but I don't know, and you're not going to find in a single instance where somebody can say that they were actually, a legal registered voter was denied the opportunity to vote. Not one. Now, let me turn my attention for a moment. And again, look, I, I am, my job, I'm not here to defend any of the people that committed violence on January 6th. But I think it's absurd to politicize, I mean, well, politicize is what they do. I think it's absurd to try to criminalize speech. And it's very scary to me, but I think that's exactly what Democrats are trying to do here. I think they want to they want to politicize criminal speech, political speech. They want to they want to criminalize it, excuse me. And they want to go after any legislators who are attempting to do with that, which is what the Constitution allowed them to do, which is to reject the election results. That is not an insurrection if Congress has the has the legal right under the law to do so and then does so. That's not an insurrection. And that scares me that they're going to try to argue that. But Jen Psaki held a briefing and what she said today, she said that tomorrow the president is going to speak on Capitol Hill and she said that uh, Biden is going to speak the truth of what happened, not the lies that some have spread since and the peril it posed to the rule of law in a system. What are the lies that people are spreading exactly? What are those lies? I'm trying to understand that. This is what Saki said today. I'll see if I can pull this up for you here about
2: Overline.
1: stupid ads. Hang on, hang on. You know, I, it's like you sign up for these sites to not have to have ads, they still find a way to freaking sneak in the ads. You notice that? It it really is. These things, you you pay these sites, they go, okay, now you don't have to have any ads. No, actually, you really do. You still do. It's amazing to me. (laughs) Somehow they find a way. (sighs) Hang on one second. Of course, Biden uh, also is lying and saying that hospitals in states are overrun and overworked because of unvaccinated COVID-19 patients. That's a lie. A lot of them are overworked and overrun because they've had staffing shortages to begin with. And then... Many of them had to fire people because of vaccine mandates. Idiotic policies by stupid governors like Kathy Hochul of New York. You know, in the middle of a pandemic, let's get rid of the people who've been on the front line since day one because they won't get a vaccine, even though they've been around this virus since day one. That makes absolutely no sense. I mean, it's like saying, you know, in the middle of of rising gas prices, let's let's get rid of the guys who pump gas. But let's get rid of them. Actually, the only state that has people that pump gas is New Jersey. And why do we have people that pump gas? Well, it's for jobs, <laughs> which is something is now you go to gas stations and they don't have enough people to pump gas and you wind up waiting even longer and you get even more frustrated. You feel the frustration every day. You do. But these vaccine mandates are the part of the reason why hospitals right now cannot handle the capacity. So a federal court Hands victory to opponents of vaccine mandates. I mentioned that story today, and now today, a federal judge has sided with Navy SEALs uh, who did not want to get vaccinated. But all this is going to go to to the Supreme Court. It's going to go. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. But the fact is, whether it's airlines, whether it's hospitals, whether it's it's, there's a shortage in everything in the economy right now, and much of it has to do with vaccine mandates. It does. It's a big part of the problem right now.
2: Different companies, about 60% of them have already implemented, are implementing the test or vaccine uh, vaccine requirements in different ways, company to company, employer to employer. So and many of them have done it extremely successfully, including many of the airlines, uh, a number of huge hospital systems,
1: yeah, a number of airlines, huge hospital systems, huge hospital systems where we have massive shortages and airlines, which were canceling thousands and thousands of flights a day. How many people stuck on 95 right now had a flight canceled and had to rent a car and drive up north? We almost had to do that. Thank God we didn't have to. 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November. Why do you think that is? For, I mean, it, people, do they have to work or do they just have money in their savings account because of all the money that was handed out during COVID? Because COVID. That's the question. Oh, by the way, uh, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine finally got to the United States Capitol after being stuck in that Virginia mess 26 and a half hours. Heck of a job. Remember the, remember the heck of a job Brownie from Hurricane Katrina? Where, where is, why, why does nobody care that Virginia completely dropped the ball on this? It was a disaster by Ralph Northam's Virginia Gov. Was he out doing karaoke? Uh, was he doing the man in the mirror again? He loves the man in the mirror. Do you know that he loves that? It's true. He's a big fan of that. He gets up and he does. Remember he's going to do the moonwalk at one of those press conferences? He said, I think I'll do a song right now, right here. And then his wife said, no, no, inappropriate, inappropriate. But that guy's such a buffoon. He was literally going to do Michael Jackson karaoke right then and there. I know, it's amazing. But we're not dealing with a very smart guy, which is why he's Ralph Nothrum. I mean, he's an idiot. He really is not one of the smartest. Well, I mean, if he was a smart guy, he would have been able to stay on as governor despite having a massive blackface and Klan scandal. Oh, that's right. He did because nothing matters for Democrats. Nothing. None of them are ever held accountable for anything. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, we're living in crazy times right now. I, I don't know. Every People keep asking me to move on to other social media platforms. I have been less and less on social media lately. And it's, it's not because I don't love talking to the people that I like. It's just because it, I don't does it feel exhausting sometimes? All of it, the consuming, the, the, the information coming everywhere. And now people are saying, well, you know, go on the new sites that are up, the new conservative sites that are, that are up and that sort of thing. But I just don't know how any of these other sites are, I don't know how they're going to do, I don't know how they're going to last. I don't want to invest all my time in something and then wind up seeing that it doesn't last for, you know, it kind of goes away. So I don't know. That's that's the that's the situation. I mean, Twitter and Facebook don't want me on there any more than they want you on there. That's a, they, these companies don't care if you leave. They really don't. It's the mistake that corporations make all the time when they think that woke means they'll make money, and they and they won't. And that's been proven time and again. But they keep thinking that they will. You guys, how many people are conservative and are looking for conservative media? They're looking for conservative sources. Greg Gutfeld. His show kills it in the ratings, kills it. And then the other the other comedians, quote unquote late night comics, all they do is lecture. It's like an even worse episode of MSNBC. It's even more boring than MSNBC. That's the truth. But Gutfeld and his and, and all the people on his show, his various guests, they're funny. They have a good time. You know, outnumbered on the five, they did the uh, outnumbered Fox News channel, New Year's Eve edition. Uh, with my buddy Jimmy Fallon on there, 1.7 million people tuned in. 1.7 million people tuned in. That you couldn't get 1.7 million people to watch CNN if they were all stuck at the airport and there was nothing else on. They would still be bored and look at something else. Oh, we we were stuck at the airport the other day and Burger King, all they had was chicken. Burger King is the lower rent version of, of fast food burgers to begin with. And then when they don't even have burgers and all they have is chicken, the Burger King chicken fries, they're neither chicken nor fries. I don't know if you know this or not. Then they have the Burger King original chicken sandwich. This thing is on a low energy, soft seated bread. And it's this thin, I opened up the top of it to look at the chicken patty. I couldn't even see a chicken patty on there. They said, oh yeah, is this a fried chicken patty. Said, this isn't a fried chicken patty. A dis- it's just, it's, it's like a, a square thing, very thin, like a thin cutlet. Didn't taste like a cutlet though. It was and it was covered in mayonnaise and a thing of lettuce. And I paid. Let's see. I got a thing of chicken fries and a, a, this this low energy chicken sandwich. Couple orders. A two. It was like twenty three dollars or something like that at the airport. The airport's the worst when it comes to food. And then this woman behind us was very smart. She actually packed lunches for her kids. But of course, we're derelict parents, so it's not like we're going to do that. You know, we we don't plan ahead enough to think to ourselves, "Why don't we just make sandwiches and bring them to the airport?" This woman was amazing too. This mom behind me, she had she had avocado slices, one of those. You know, she had raisin bread, raisin bread. The only way I got raisin bread as a kid is if my mom stuffed raisins into our Wonder Bread, like if she literally took them and pushed them into the bread. That was the only way we got. And I loved as a kid, you ever do the, the peanut butter and banana sandwich and then put a couple raisins on there? Between white bread? Delicious sandwich. You could even heat it up if you like. It's a delicious thing. It really is. A delicious thing. Uh, <laughs> is it okay to tip with a gift card? Internet slams a customer who's tipped with a gift card. What is that what does that even mean? So, oh, so somebody left a gift card. A twenty five dollar Amazon gift card on on a thing. Yeah, what's wrong with that? So they're they're slamming this guy because a waitress said, "Holidays left us broke. Somebody gave me a twenty five dollar gift card." The, you know, if if you if you give him a twenty five dollar gift card, I believe that you're not only going to be taxed on what would be seventeen point five percent. So the other gravy of it, beyond that, is actually. It doesn't go towards your your taxes. Not only that, but a twenty percent tip on that bill would have been seventeen dollars and nineteen cents. So I I personally have no issue with anybody tipping with a gift card. But I mean, I will I was a server. I would have been happy to to do that. But anyway. There's always outrage. This TikTok is owned by the Chinese, so they love to push these videos that divide us, too. I have this theory about that. I really do. That that's part of the reason. That's part of one of TikTok's little, what are the Chinese government? They, they weren't able to kill us with COVID. <laughs> so, so they'll use TikTok.
0: Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli
2: Podcast.
1: But remember, what Democrats want to do is use January 6th. As an opportunity, because you never let an opportunity go to waste. So what they want to do is they want to get rid of the filibuster. Why? What does the filibuster have to do with January 6th? Nothing. They want to make sure that there's no voting integrity whatsoever. Why? Because if they get rid of IDs, January 6th won't happen again. The day that, again, 99.9% of Trump voters did nothing wrong. But they'll. They, you got to use it. You got to go with it. You got to run with it. Get rid of the filibuster. Make D.C. a state. You Make D.C. a state. Guarantees them two more Democrat senators. They get to 51 senators and then they get rid of the filibuster. They'll run roughshod in everything. They'll never have a situation where they have to worry about the other 49 senators ever. No, no more bipartisanship. And isn't it something? How many people want to get rid of the filibuster? The same people that when Republicans are in charge, always screaming about where's the bipartisanship? Everybody needs to work together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, my lord. Boy, Matt Damon's getting killed over that dumb, creepy crypto ad that he's in, huh? I guess people call it creepy. I just think he's creepy in general because he's friends with Ben Affleck. He's a good actor, though. I mean, he's better than Ben Affleck. They do the side-by-side of them together, and I think it's clearly obvious that who's a better actor. Uh, no doubt about that. But he's still a little, I don't know, that cranky little guy, too, isn't he? Pretty sure. So, anyway, so the Democrats want to use January 6th to get rid of the filibuster and then to also now make DC a state and to make sure that you can't have voting ID, voter ID. Uh, that's that's what it is. That's what they want to do, and they'll use January. We're gonna have a big national address. We gotta we gotta listen to the big national address from Joe Biden. We gotta listen to now all the nonsense as they make this out to be like Pearl Harbor Day. A couple dozen Yahoos. Give me a break. Yes, hundreds of people were there that day, but I'm talking about the couple dozen yahoos who actually committed crimes. And they've all been dealt with by the long arm of the law. So what are, we, what are we even talking about here? What are we even talking about here? Well, the Democrats want to make sure that they can turn around and say, well, we need to have free and fair elections to make sure this never happens again. There's no logic, of course, behind it. The other thing too is that the Democrats will turn around at the same time and they'll say, you, you better have a COVID passport except if you want to vote. <laughs> or they'll say, if you want to vote, show your COVID passport, but you, we're going to let it so you can block your name so we don't have to see your name when you go vote. Any attempts that they want to do anything to make sure that the uh, the election is fair, they will never, ever allow that to happen. They won't. They won't. They re- They will refuse it. Part of their plan, of course, is to make sure that there can always be cheating in every election. Trust me, I'm from New Jersey. I've seen it with my own two eyes. With
0: a couple of rules change Here's options Joy that have been Reed presented by Chuck people, including on this show. So Al Franken, friend of, uh, of of the readout, and Norm Ornstein have put forward one idea to reform the filibuster meaning you'd flip the numbers from 60 votes required to end debate to 41 required to continue it, moving the burden from the majority to the minority meaning the minor- minority could still prevail but it will require a major effort by the minority to accomplish its ends. And for both sides, bipartisan compromise might be the best way to do that. There's another Another, um, option, which is by a gentleman named Jeff Blatner, who was the former chief counsel to Senator Ted Kennedy, and this is a reform that could actually work without changing the filibuster at all. So it, it says this, when it comes to major legislation, it would assure that the minority gets a full debate and the right to offer relevant amendments. After an extended period elapses without offering of an amendment gaining bipartisan support, the supporters of the bill could then move on, invoke cloture, cut off debate by Any a civil majority nonsense? vote. The minority would have had its say, Boom, and then we Why can not move on. Why just leave on, it the um, way it is. can have accepted improvements. Have uh, the two conservative Democrats who've been standing in the way of changing the filibuster signed on to anything that looks like either of those two options?
1: We are having active discussions with them several a day. I just spoke to Senator Manchin three or four hours ago. And even over the holiday break, the New Year's and Christmas break, we've been talking constantly. Not just me, but just about every one of the 48 Democratic senators who supports not only uh, the the proposal, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Restore uh, the Voting Rights Act, but changing the rules. There are a variety of different rules changes, some of which you've mentioned, some of which you haven't, which we're exploring with them, which we're pushing with them. And whichever one works to get us to have voting rights kept, to undo the pernicious activities of the Republican legislatures. Uh, we will accept. We're having the con- pernicious activities. You know, making people show ID to vote, or not letting them drink water in lines, so they all will dehydrate on the spot and turn around and melt in the hot sun. Uh, this will come back to bite Democrats, except if they get rid of the filibuster, it won't. Because Republicans would have to have, and this is, the next thing they'll do, you realize that after they were the filibusters, make D.C. a state, and then Republicans won't be able to stop it, because they won't be able to filibuster. This is their plan. This is their plan. And I I know that it seems like it's a little bit out of the realm of possibility of it happening, as long as Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema stand in the way, but I don't know if I trust them. I really don't. I just don't know if I trust them. This would be guaranteed rule for their party. That's very tempting, you realize. It's very, very tempting in a lot of different ways. So I hope, I want to say that they will do the right thing and they'll, they'll hold firm. They have so far. But then again, do people care about the filibuster? Do people even understand that it is the ability of a, a senator to make a heroic stand on an issue that he or she feels very important about on behalf of their state? I mean, you saw Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's one of the most celebrated movies in our country. Jimmy Stewart, playing a senator, wants to stand up to the evil machine. Tireless advocate for the people. Now we're told the filibuster is used to suppress voting rights and to encourage January 6th. This is, this is the problem with the lies that the Democrats tell. And they do, and they tell so many lies about this stuff. But that's the way that they will try to gain control um, back and forth. And, and 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 they'll never they'll never let go. They'll never come to a point where they'll stop trying to gain control. That's what's so scary about this. And notice how they're trying to do it all before 2022 midterm elections. They asked Joe Manchin about his of support to the nuclear option today to change the rules, to pass voting rights legislation
2: on a simple majority. Let me just say, let me just say that, that, that to being open to uh, a rules change that would uh, create a nuclear option, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. It's a heavy lift, and the reason I say it's a heavy lift is that once uh, you change uh, a rule or you have a carve-out, I've always said this uh, anytime there's a a carve out uh, you eat the whole turkey (laughs) there's nothing left because it comes back and forth so you want things that will be sustainable that's what you're looking for so that common sense commonality but if if, you know I just believe that it's bedrock of democracy is voting and we have to do what we can in order to preserve that but let's just see the conversations are still ongoing I've been talking to everybody we've been having good conversations conversations since we left two weeks ago
0: so, Senator, I just want to try to put a minor point on this. Okay. So, the 60-vote threshold, are you willing to change that? And you are involved in ongoing discussions, as you just mentioned, with your colleagues. So there must be some openness.
2: There's a, there's, a, there's basically the, the, the need for us to protect democracy as we know it, and the Senate, as it has operated for 232 years, are extremely, extremely high bars that we must be very careful for willing to Across those. Uh, so I'm talking. I'm not agreeing to any of this to the extent I want to talk and see all the options really we have out. open. Not and that's really what we're out. looking at. So they're bringing all the experts in what type of options, what we can do. We've talked about talking filibusters, and we continue to talk about this. And very interesting. We talk about motion to proceed. We should be able to get on the bill and should be dependent. We talk about also uh, uh, the ability to restore some privileges not. to the committees. Joe, they have down, some weight Come so on. Something comes out of the committee, uh, and I think these are things Republicans and Democrats both could and should agree on. So we want to talk to everybody. I want to engage everybody. I'm just not doing it from one side. I think that for us to God, go, to- you
1: know what? If you don't shoot down the death of the filibuster, that that makes me sad. That makes me lose my faith in you, Joe. Joe, you're our only hope. Help us, Joe Manchin. You're our only hope. Democrats want to get this done now. Push through D.C. statehood trying to get all this done before they lose control of the house. This is their plan here for ultimate world domination. Have a great rest of your day today. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. So in Chicago, the teachers union you know, voted to go remote. And as I mentioned earlier, they didn't have the votes, So it's actually illegal what they're doing. But nevertheless, it's Chicago. They do a lot of things illegal, whether they have the votes or not. <laughs> uh, here's a uh, local Chicago news report reaction from one of the students. With
0: cases on the rise, many schools went remote today as students returned from holiday break.
1: Elizabeth Matthews live tonight with
2: the latest Elizabeth.
0: Corrie and Tia, Lincoln Way high schoolers were supposed to go back to school here in New Lenox tomorrow, but didn't find out until today that this week they'll be staying home. I was mad.
2: Why? I personally don't like being online. I wish we were in person. I feel like I learned better that way.
1: Imagine that. Imagine that. Kids wanting to be in school with their friends and learning in person. Shocking, I know. Shocking, I know. Why is the president not coming out of condemning the Chicago Teachers Union? Explain that to me. He'll lecture the unvaccinated all day long. All day long, he'll lecture the unvaccinated. Why won't he condemn the teachers' unions? It's a point I made this morning on the show. It's a point that was also made by the excellent Dr. Nicole Sapphire earlier today. Biden should condemn the Teachers Union in Chicago exactly like he condemns the unvaccinated. Go ahead, lecture them. But he won't do it because they're all terrified of the teachers' unions. They really are. They're terrified. Uh, these rapid tests selling out the same day the shipment comes in amid this shortage for these things. And I don't know what to say other than the fact that there are people who need these things to be able to go back to work. And that's a big part of the problem right now. We're seeing airline cancellations and you're seeing uh, schools having to go remote. Well, that and other la- laziness. That's no doubt about that. You want to know something I found very fascinating? I've been watching Yellowstone, and I really like it. I've been streaming this on uh, what is it now Peacock, right? which is xfinity's thing. and i've been I've been streaming the show, and I really love it. I, I definitely recommend it. If you haven't watched it, it's great. I mean, it's great. It, it's a good show. and <clears throat> if you if you're wondering about what the big three streaming services are because there's all these different streaming services and you never know which one to watch, which one not to watch. I don't know. I mean, it's very difficult for. People keep up, and they all have new shows, new programs coming out. But the big three—they looked at who the big three streaming services are, and battling it out for the supremacy of all of this. Because that's the that's the question. I mean, who who's gonna who's gonna win in the streaming domination? There's too many for them to all survive. You know, what I mean, so some of them, one of them has to at some point others are going to start merging and that sort of thing. So, who are the big streaming services who are battling it out for their supremacy in all this? You can't stream Yellowstone season four on Paramount Plus. You can't. But you can stream it apparently now on something else. Yellowstone is by far the Paramount Network's biggest hit, but you cannot stream season four on Paramount Plus. If you want to stream Yellowstone's finale, you'll need to try unlocking the Paramount Network app, not Paramount Plus. Huh? And if you want to go back and watch the previous shows, You'll have to go back and watch that on Paramount Network app. Except if you want to go over, you'll have to go to Peacock to watch the first three seasons, which is where I am right now. I'm on I'm on season three at this moment, so I'm not finished yet, completely with the entire season. But I really do love the show. I love the acting. As some people have said, season four wasn't as good. I don't know if that's true, but the the battle right now between Hulu, Disney Plus, and Netflix for supremacy, and all the money. And you know they're loving this. This, uh, this whole COVID thing, because it's gonna more people are going to be staying home binge-watching. Everybody who's working from home <laughs> might be thrown on a show. I'm not judging you, believe me. Oh, that's right. The Knack. My Sharona. Florona. My Florona. Why did I think of that? Son of a... I got to give Sid credit on Twitter. My buddy Sid. He said it was my Knack cover band. All right, Sid, you win this one. My Florona. I'm sorry to sing that to you. I apologize. It's my bad. My bad. Do you you wonder for a second if these teachers unions give a damn about what parents are going through right now? What parents have to deal with with childcare issues and everything else? Do you wonder if they care? See, I don't wonder. I just know that they don't. I'm not suggesting that that every teacher feels that way. I know that they don't. I know that teachers are frustrated, many of them with their unions. And a lot of them have to be part of it because it's the law. But I don't think these unions give a damn if you can't, Deal with childcare If you've got to not be able to go to work, I don't think they care. And so that is a reality of life right now that we're dealing with. It's just for a lot of people, they are trying to make it work in very difficult circumstances, no doubt about it. Uh, I always like to check in on Twitter because I, sometimes I get some great tips on stories. I really do. Do you know, and Johnny, again, hat tip to Johnny two days in a row. Johnny pointed out that in Virginia where they have that awful, awful Pile up on 95. Governor Whiteface, Ralph Nothram. Do you know that the signs, all those highway signs that they have, you know what all the signs were saying? They were warning people to wear a mask. They weren't warning people about the roads and the icy roads. Nope, they were warning people, mask up. That's what all those highway signs were doing that day. So people had no idea, even, by the way, this is, I'm talking even after the pile up had begun, even after the roads were treacherous, even after all of that, they were warning people about wearing a mask. You see how stupid a lot of this stuff is, the covid hysteria, how dumb it is that they would actually do that. And this happens because in the mind of a lefty, a mask is the most important thing in the world. There's nothing more important than a mask. It's it's a superhero power. You get it and then nothing bad can happen to you. And you and I both know that that's a bunch of BS. You don't you know this and I know this too. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you right now. This is this is something that that really infuriates me. But I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is exactly true or not, but there you go. All right, so get get ready, be prepared for tomorrow for the non-stop January 6th first anniversary. The Democrats are going to never let this go. Never. Never. And I'm sorry, but I just have a very hard time believing their BS. I really do believing their BS. I had listened to how Trump was not really legitimately elected for years. I had listened to Merrick Garland try to criminalize free speech by parents at school board meetings. I had listened to—I so have so to listen—the government try to go after a journalist named Julian Assange, among other journalists too. But I, I'm supposed to believe this is the greatest threat to quote unquote democracy. And I'm sorry, but I just don't buy it. But remember. Regardless of the fact of January 6th happening and the riot that took place, which was not an insurrection. Nobody's been charged with an insurrection. What does that have to do with the filibuster? What does that have to do with the filibuster? Absolutely nothing. And yet, you see what they're going to do? How they weaponize everything politically? This is going to be a very annoying day tomorrow. I might just not talk about it in the entire show. Maybe I'll just ignore it. That could be fun. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.